This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, my new open. What do I think about this little acapella binka binka in the background? I don't know, man. Well, every day is an adventure. When you write about food and you're... <laughs> it's so goofy. It's so girly. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to get my warm mug of tea now and slide into ba-ba-ba-ma. I don't know. We'll see about that. All right. So whatever. I'm rolling with it. I got two top guests today. I've got Tim Niver. He is, you know Tim, right? He's one of the top restaurateurs of the Twin Cities. He used to run the cheekily named Strip Club, the steakhouse up on the hill in St. Paul. It's got St. Dinette in Lower Town, one of the best restaurants in the state. Uh, he has the cult pizza sensation Moochies and like a dagger in my heart. He recently closed my favorite Nuevo Bagel Shop Maven, but it's being turned into a Moochies, so that's a, a benefit to us all. So we're going to talk about success, success, heartbreak, success, what, what it takes to survive in t- today's America. And then I've got Greg Hoyt later on. He's got some good news. If you live in a diner, you best you best stick by your radio. There's some there's some hot news a coming. All right, but first we're gonna do Tim Niver. Tim, thank you for coming in on your Saturday. Thank you so much. Very kind of you to say those nice things. Well, you know, at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, we count the number of summer Saturdays you get in Minnesota is not that many. So I really appreciate you giving one of them to me. All right, so let's go through it. Um, you have had, you've had, you've had the ups and downs. You were the general manager. I think this is where I met you. You were the floor manager for Aquavit. Yeah, general manager fancy, back in one of the 2000. fanciest restaurants. You were the general manager. That's higher, my friends, a floor manager. So that you were a youngin. <laughs> you were you were had all the fine crystal hanging out with Markel Samuelson. Yeah. Uh, that was the story of an incredibly fine dining restaurant that came from New York City and then was like suckered into paying quadruple market rent here in Minneapolis? Was that the, the takeaway of that one? Well, rent was high, yeah. We were doing it, though. It was working. It was working, and then it wasn't. And then you took your knowledge, <laughs> right? That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's how it, it always, always is. Like that, or ends like, like that. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's always working until it's just not anymore, and you got to <laughs> pivot, as we say in the media. Uh, so then you pivoted, and you opened uh, the, the strip club. So this was with one of your besties, uh uh, J.D. Fratsky, who's who's busy doing stuff down on Highway 52 in Cannon Falls right now. He's opening Artisan Plaza. Amazing. Is I'm it? so proud of him. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. I haven't been down there yet. But yeah, I, me neither. When I get a minute, I'm going to go. The people of Cannon Falls, you got to go down Highway 52 and tell me if it's rocking or if it's uh, the other thing. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> I just... I should say, you should, uh, you should text me that one, too. All right, so... Um, and he's he's you know very locavore artisanal all those things, um, but you've always had more of a of an East Coast soul, East Coast kind of neighborhood places. Um, 
And then you opened Moochie's, and it was just a, a cult sensation right out of the box. I'd never heard of Pizza Montanara until you open Moochie's. And basically it means you're par cooking across, you're deep frying it. Right. And I think it actually was an Italian joke. They were like, there's a pizza that comes by the sea, and then there's the pizza of the mountains, because it doesn't make it. It's just kind of a joke. But it's it's a fantastic way of making pizza. Thanks. Yeah, we I was reading an article in the New York Times in 2012, and that's, that's where I stole the idea from. Uh, somebody had just opened up a place in New York, and we just started playing around with it, and it worked. And it worked really well. Like, their lines, it's delicious, it's a, it's a hit, as we say, in the business. Um, and then, you know, so you opened Maven, very ambitious, uh, kind of bagel-based place, smoked fish, and it kind of just didn't gel. People were not coming in in numbers to support the place. Is that roughly what we say? That is exactly roughly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you strive to put something out there that uh, might be a little different, you know, um, but it's still something that's common enough that, you know, people want it. At the same time, you have to execute and you have to, you know, we tried to do something that was all day. And then that really just became somewhat of a burden to, you know, keep things rolling through the afternoon. Um, and the neighborhood did come out and support and the city did come out and support. The winter hit us really hard. And, and you know, when you're trying to gain momentum, Stuff like 60 days of tragically difficult weather really can put a kibosh on, on the plants and development and, and, and growth. So, you know, a lot of reasons it uh, didn't work, but um, we're really glad we, we tried it. Um, and so now you are you, pivoting, as yeah, we say. So, big time. Um, and now you're, going, you're turning the uptown space into Moochies too, or just yeah. the other Moochies, or what are you even going to call it? Well, it's technically Trattoria Mucci. Yeah, it's a separate business entity from uh, from Mucci's in St. Paul. Yeah, keep um, those bookkeepers employed. Okay, well, you know it's uh, it's an interesting business scenario when you're closing a business and trying to flip it into another one, and you know some of your partners are uh, out in the first business, and then you're trying to really is just trying to survive these last couple of months. To to be quite honest, financially, uh, mentally, just putting it all out there, it was it was a difficult time, but. You know, from an oh crap idea of what am I going to do to save this, uh, to turn it into something that I know and love, uh, seemed like the best route for sure. Okay. So you have, what is, tell us about it. What is Trattoria Mucci going to be? How's it going to be different than the cult pizza sensation of St. Paul? Well, you know, I think, I think it's going to be different, uh, only by venue, um, by different equipment, um, yeah, are you keeping your big fancy oven? I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> it's you know a ten thousand pound uh, oven. So that you, you lowered into the building by crane. Well, it actually we <laughs> we actually took a wall out instead. It seemed to be a, a little bit more feasible. So we had a, a big forklift kind of. We actually cut a, wall, a hole in the building and forklifted it in. Oh, you did. Um, I think I left, lost, left, I left this story when you were going to crane lower it. That was the first plan. We saw the bill uh, for what that was going to cost us, and we said, are there any alternatives? And there were, so we took them. <laughs> they said you take out a wall. Okay, so you've got this lovely, is it gas-fired? It is a, what they call gas assist. Uh, helps you keep um, the temperature more moderated and so um, wood even. and gas in uh-huh. this massive oven. So you'll be able to do things you could have done the Neapolitan pizza. Yes, you could. Oh, really? So maybe I'll a, do a it, tasting menu. It, I'll come it, by and I'll get a Neapolitan and a Montanara side by side. That's exactly it. You can choose your crust on any of our pizzas. It's really cool to do a traditional style. It's not 
technically Neapolitan. There are very strict rules about that, though the style is a Neapolitan style. And then the Montanara itself is finished in the wood-fired oven, so that'll have a bit of that smoky essence. You know, it's just all light flavors, pretty delicate, to be quite honest. And um, I like both very much, and it's nice to be able to offer it up. Nice. And so you are uh, – so you're – it's going to be Trattoria. It's going to have this wood gas oven. And Chris Ulrich is your chef, and yes. he's kind of a genius. And He's you- amazing. And then Heather Mady is the um, general manager, and she's been in St. Paul with us too, and she's so strong and wonderful. And uh, she and Chris get along very well, and they're just a power duo that help me keep my sanity, and they're super extra talented and just excellent people on top of it. So – so, Same spirit is going to exist here in Minneapolis, and I think. But more pasta, and you have yeah, the full you know, liquor. Yeah, full, and, yes, full liquor is a, a big change, and we're keeping that simple, easy, accessible, affordable. We are adding half pastas here in Minneapolis, uh, just a little bit more flexibility with the size of kitchen that we have, and um, in the Lynn Lake, you know, uptown, south of Minneapolis, whatever you want to call it, set of neighborhoods. There's a diverse uh, set of demographics and we're trying to appease and to please them all. Yeah, well, you and I were talking just in a parking lot the other day (laughs) uh, and I was saying that my my gut feeling is that nobody has any money. Health insurance has gone up so much. Housing has gone up so much. Childcare has gone up so much. Uh, and actually, I poked onto the WCCORadio.com uh, webs, you know, our homepage, our website today, and there was a story about how the average family in Minnesota now that makes $100,000 a year, which is a lot of money, has 150 bucks left at the end of the month after they pay for everything they have to pay for. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep. That's 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 like the untold story of these days. Um, And, you know, you're you personally deal with that, too, since you're willing to talk about it. I think it's it's worth talking about. You have basically a team that has become that is your family that you have to support. And you're there through thick and thin with people like that's what's really going on behind the scenes at at a lot of these small businesses. And and for me, that's what I cherish about it, because. You know, um, as you talk about regular life being expensive, business life is also getting way more expensive. So, to- oh, we have next week on the show Kevin Alexander from Thrill List, and he's saying that this current restaurant boom is over because this, the costs have just ballooned. Real estate and labor. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We um, I got the email from my accountant this morning. Minneapolis is going from ten twenty five to eleven effective July first. So. When I look at the servers on the floor, they're the ones, the only ones getting the raise at this point. Uh, when I look at the servers on the floor and I'm like, okay, efficiency is going to be something that uh, you really, really need to have. Ongoing side work, things that get you done a little bit quicker and out the door and starting a little later and being prepared a little quicker. And all those things really, really are going to come into play. And so, um, but you're committed to having servers. You're not going counter service. I don't want to. Tara. I think it's gutting the cultural aspect of what restaurants really are supposed to be. It's gutting it, and and, and or could okay. So we're still trying, right? And you know, we all talk about the price of food and the price of you know everything. But you know, honestly, prices are just going to continue to go up. That's so. There's no no other way around it. 
We're lucky to have a flour-based cuisine, which allows us a little flexibility. We're not going for margins. Hopefully, we're going for volume. Um, people see us, trust us. Like we have that familial aspect inside the management group and the the the, the group of employees that we work with. We are gonna we we try to at all of our places, all of my places, our places. Um, we try to create a familiar aspect with the people that come in too, so that they trust us, so that they'll want to come back, so that they need us a little bit. We create a craving, we create an environment that's centered around, you know, being in a safe place, and that's really been vital to um, uh, be, it being personally fulfilling and also professionally fulfilling. And none of that is, you know, all the stuff we've been kind of surviving the last decade. The the sexy rock star, drink everything and fall under the table at the end of the night. It's so glamorous, you know. Uh, uh, romantic, isn't it, this business? <laughs> that does feel like it's on its way out. I think <laughs> even, the, even the young guns are finding that unsustainable. Um, but uh, so, so you've really made this place, um, and so a lot of the the, the journey—I hate that word—but a lot of the journey for you has been uh, kind of finding that team, keeping that team around you, and keeping that team safe and healthy. And absolutely, it's rapport. You know, you 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 trust people um, to to take care of it, and you can look at them. Or not be in the same space and know that it's being handled, uh, that they, that we all see things through each other's eyes and that we're moving in one direction. It's never perfect. It's a stressful business on top of it. Um, so, you know, to try to keep things even and, and loving at the same time is a, is a difficult task. But when you have people that you care about that you work with, you know, uh, I, I think it just ends up meaning more. And do you think you're obviously you're at the top of this little restaurant empire? Little, but you know it's a, it's, it's, little. A, it's, it's, it's little, little compared to Chipotle. <laughs> uh, so you're at the top of this uh, small, big restaurant empire. And do you feel like being transparent and being honest and being having that more um, emotional relationship with your staff and colleagues and employees is that helped you? Oh, I think definitely. I think you feel it when you walk into our places. I, th- I think. There's a little bit different sensation, um, you know, just a little more caring. Um, there's reality to it, too. You know, we're not trying to puff up and be something that we're not. Um, there's humility uh, to our service, humility to our food. Um, you know, dinette um, may seem a little bit more fine dining, but the essence there is 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 really still like real peasant food and the same with this pasta that we do and this pizza that we do it's 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 got very humble beginnings and so we you know kind of take the food and and our own attitudes and just kind of you know leap into this you know deep pool with you know everybody uh, hopefully you know seeing that um you know they they can feel what we're doing and not just taste what we're doing it's interesting because I do, see, you know, you do see people that run restaurant groups, and it's all about braggadocio and being in the front of the room, and you know, uh, greeting everybody and uh, pretending nothing has ever been wrong. You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, and that kind of translates to the culture. Or you know, you have I've seen restaurant groups where everything is, you know, you never see the leadership. It's everything is secret. It's behind a screen. Yeah. Um, well, we're trained to say, you know, hey, how's it going over at Mucci's, and you're and and, and we're. 
we're trained to say through through restaurant history in the last you know thirty five years when I've been in the business is is everything's great, right? Like you say, you know, there's a lot of denial there. There's a lot of oh, everything's great, you know, da 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 da. Instead of coming together and embracing the fact that it's not easy, that this is a community and we are all in this together, and we should unite and you know be more forceful as a unit instead of denying the fact that this is difficult or what our struggles are or what our collective purchasing power could potentially be or our legislative power could potentially be. You know, there's got to be a lot of – there's got to be a metamorphosis through what we're seeing now, these changes that we come together even a little bit more. And so my honesty is the fact that I live with this and I'd just rather share it than deny it. And I I don't say everything, you know, but I think it's important that – the romance and the braggadocio or the rock star thing about this restaurant stuff. It's, it does exist and it's cool. It's cool. The business is cool, but also um, the day to day is, you know, also very difficult. So we're finding our way, right? We're still finding our way and experience matters, but it, you know, I've never seen this before. I've never done it like this before. I've never opened a second restaurant with the same name in a different location before or closed the spot and had to struggle through finding a new way. Um, I mean, this is all new to me with experience. You know, I may find maybe a little, a little calm and experience, but I don't know. You know, how is this going to go? Can you tell me? No, nobody can. So, you put it out there, and hopefully, hopefully, people you put it out there to handle it carefully and help you along the way, and they understand. They urge their own support to come out and and get with you and uh, sit and eat and enjoy it. Well, enjoy I've, it. I hope so. I hope everybody hears us, and uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I really applaud your transparency in all Thanks. that you're doing. It's uh, it's it's easier to put yourself in a cave and lick your wounds and not, uh, you know, and and just wall yourself off from the cruel world. Uh, but it's harder to get out there and keep fighting in public. Uh, so I applaud you for that. Thanks. All right. So Mucci's Trattoria is coming yeah. like soon. Yeah, yeah. Officially opening Tuesday. Um, we're doing some very strictly <laughs> uh, regimented family and friends nights over the next couple of nights. You don't go barging in there. They're strictly uh, regimented yeah, people. Yeah, you know, we'll see. And then uh... <laughs> that last night especially because it was the first time, you know, we're getting our legs under us. But um, if you happen to be in the neighborhood, the door is open. Oh, really? Well, you oh, well, you, you know. heard it here first on WCCO. Go break down those doors. All right. So uh, good luck with the opening. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you for all you've done for the food scene in the Twin Cities. I have had some, uh, just uh, some of the best meals of my life have been in some of your restaurants. Thank so. you so much. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, i got some change in the tone. I'm going to have some Fourth of July potluck recipes. They are up on my Facebook page. They're kind of buried at the WCCORadio.com. So you got to go to Dara.Gromdahl, my Facebook page. You'll see them all. I have some really good ones, and I thought about this, and I didn't put anything that's going to get you, you know, that can't sit out in the sun in a big buffet table. No, you know, cream dishes or whatever. So those are all up. We'll talk about Fourth of July potlucks when we come back. All right, Dara here. I've got my top Fourth of July potluck bring-alongs. This is my, I thought, what do people need this week? They need to get ready for next weekend. You need, you need your mayhem kind of carefully curated, right? You got a potluck coming up. You're going to your sister-in-law's. You got all kinds of things going along. So what are you going to bring with, as we say? Uh, so I put together five recipes. They're a little on trend. I thought you needed some on trendness. 
They're super easy. So you can kick back in the long lawn chair and collect those potluck compliments because you deserve that. Oh, my. Don't hear that every day. These are your first place recipes. All right. So I've got Andrew Zimmern's corn and green tomato salad. Yeah. So if you are doing your grilling tonight and you know that next weekend you got a potluck, why not char some jalapenos while you're doing that? Put them in a put them in a Tupperware and then next weekend combine them with some corn and you just have a really pretty little potluck salad. Corn, green tomatoes. Maybe you grab some of your green tomatoes out of the garden if you can bear to not let them ripe or God forbid if a squirrel knocked them off. That's a that's a good thing to do with green tomatoes. Okay, so I got a new potato vinaigrette potato salad. So potato salad, be a little dicey if it's got a lot of mayonnaise. It's sitting in the hot sun all day. But this one is just potatoes, herbs, shallots, and a vinaigrette. That's easy. You can do it ahead in the fridge. It's really nice. It's from Jamie Oliver. Very fancy. Okay. Butter bean salad with lime and mint. This is the easiest recipe. I don't really even know what butter beans are. I mean, I do, but I don't see them around that much. But lima beans, lima beans, if they're frozen, have you really thought about the awesomeness that is frozen lima beans? Yes. I am a card-carrying hipster in your face talking about frozen lima beans. It's happening. Shake your head. I can't even believe it. Okay. So you get a couple of boxes of frozen lima beans. You put them with the dressing. You toss it all together. Then just lead your life. Right before you're going to your hot potluck, shred up some mint, throw it in there. It is such a good salad. So nice. All right, and this is your clear out your crisper drawer idea. Cold sesame noodles with whatever whatever is available to you that is, is a vegetable-ish thing. So you can just take everything out of the crisper drawer, just julienne it, toss it with these sesame noodles, go out to the garden, forage for some basil leaves, throw that in, get arugula, whatever you got. Sesame noodles plus everything. It's good. All right, my last one, my last potluck recipe that I'm going to recommend to you that is easy is also so fancy. It is Milk Bar. You've heard about Milk Bar. New York City, like trend setting, couldn't have more media coverage. They make these salted chocolate chip cookies. It's a one bowl recipe. You're just basically dumping melted butter into some other stuff in one bowl with a wooden spoon. And then, you know, after they're cooked, you sprinkle some salt on top. It's it, They're just like... If you're thinking, I would like my niece to Instagram my cookies and get all of the compliments, this is your recipe. So these are all up. I think you're going to have to go through my Facebook page because they're really buried at WCCO Radio right now. But Dara.Grumdahl, that's where I am. You can usually find me just by Googling Dara Minneapolis. I'll come up. All right. So that's it. We're going to take a little break here. Dara here. All right. I'm in peak mom mode. I just sent a text telling people to clean their rooms. That's a... That's that's multitasking. I've got uh, <laughs> we're going on vacation tomorrow, so I got you can't leave the house with your room not clean. That's like chaos. You're just asking for trouble. I don't exactly know why I feel that the rooms have to be clean before you leave on vacation, but I strongly feel that it must be that way. All right, so I've got uh, another multitasker here with me. I've got Greg Hoyt who 
founded uh, Dogwood Coffee, really brought third wave coffee to Minnesota in a lot of ways. Then he bought the elite bakery chain Rustica. He has some seriously big news, big Rustica news uh, this week. But you, you're, you're a dad. You've got fancy coffee. You've got all of the croissants. You, you run a day that is a complicated situation. And you just reminded me that I need to make my bed. <laughs> my room is is not looking good right now. So thank you for that. Before you go on vacation. <laughs> Very important, apparently, yeah. to me, deep in my soul. All right, so let's talk about – let's just get this out of the way. What let's. is happening in Edina this year in the croissant scene? Well, we're uh, thrilled to be able to announce that we're, we signed a lease and we're, uh, our plans are to open a Rustica Bakery in Edina. A Rustica Bakery in <clears throat> Edina? Yes, this connected is exciting. to Lifetime Fitness at Southdale. Um, it's a pretty exciting project uh, that – um, so it's going to be like the Rustica in Uptown. It's going to have baked goods we will and have baked also goods coffee. And coffee. Coffee is going to be a big part of it. Um, as a matter of fact, um, so just a history lesson, Rustica started in 2004 in South Minneapolis. 2009, 10 years ago, opened at the current location um, at Calhoun Village. Oh, I forgot about that. The tiny Rustica that used to be on 46th yeah. Street. I used to 46 go there. 46th and Bryant, yeah. It was lovely. And, um, it was the size of a of your probably many people uh, listening have larger vestibules. It's very likely. And uh, we opened 10 years ago, and I recall when I talked to you in 2009 when we were opening, I was excited then just as I am now about what we're doing with coffee. And uh, I think I recall that you were gobsmacked by a latte that you received at Rustica in 2009. And I trust that will be the case in Edina in 2019. Yeah, you have not wavered. Your quality has been up at the elite level the whole time, which is congratulations on that. All right, so let's talk about this. I feel like the the world, the coffee drinking world is just so close to really getting on board with all the fancy coffee. And this is why I always want people to get on board with fancy coffee. Two things. One, it tastes better. Two, I want to say it's like my two things is now going to go to nine things. Okay, coffee tastes better when you pay attention to it. Those coffee pods are an environmental nightmare, and we cannot squander the one planet we're all using. We need this planet. We can't just cover it with coffee pods. Tenth, Coffee pods cost, if you actually like figure it out, that coffee costs like $55, $70 a pod, like that's or a pound rather. So that coffee is not a value and it gets stale in those little pods. I'm not into it. Uh, 27th, it's nice to make yourself a cup of coffee that tastes good and has that little, like it's not hard. All you do is grind up your beans and put hot water on it. A lot of people seem to make this big fuss that it's, you know, you need like a wax mustache and a timer. It's not like that at all. You know, and it feels good to have that little like thing you're paying attention to for all of two minutes in your day. Like it's a nice thing to do for yourself. It's a nice thing to do in terms of ritual. It's a nice thing to do in terms of you're not on a screen. And then you're also when you're buying that better coffee, your more money is going to Guatemala and so people can stay on their farms and not have to leave and come to this country. Like it's just a win, 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 win. If people would just 
uh, make better coffee. And so I feel like we're right at that tipping point. Like, you know, some early adopters kind of tumbled in and we're like, I have a Chemex. I can do this. And now I feel like maybe this Rustica in a Dyna will allow people to make better coffee. This has been a long monologue, but Greg, what do you think? Do you think that this is is this what you're betting on? I think that you have summed up where we are in coffee very nicely. Um, there's never been a better time or an easier time to enjoy exceptional coffee. It's available uh, literally everywhere. It's really exciting that small towns across the country have exceptional coffee roasters as part of the fabric. And um, buying coffee, bringing it home, buying the tools necessary, getting tutored on how to do it online, gives uh, it leaves no excuse for buying plastic um, containers full of pre-ground coffee and extracting it with water that's not hot enough and then throwing it into a, um, a landfill. So, um, yes, and I think that the what I'm excited about in Edina is uh, uh, Dogwood Coffee has been available at Whole Foods in Edina for a few years now, and we do really, really well there. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, so it's given it's given me a bit of a proxy for what we might anticipate in terms of demand and interest. Uh, I also have a, a conviction that there's there there's a bit of a hole in Edina right now in terms of um, in terms of exceptional coffee, and we're really excited to come in and try and fill that hole. And um, you will see when we open uh, all manner of manual coffee brewing methods. Um, the wax mustaches will be left at home, (laughs) (laughs) but in a very approachable manner, um, we're going to offer, you know, different ways of presenting coffee, uh, education about coffee. Um, going back to what we did when Rustic opened in 2009 at Calhoun Village, we were doing cuppings, um, somewhat regularly and there was a lot of education. And I think that that's an approach that we plan to take along with Dogwood Coffee at the Rustica and Edina to kind of open up the world to people there. Yeah, I really want to just assure America that making coffee, making that fancy third wave coffee, is one one hundredth as difficult as making chocolate chip cookies. Like it's not that like, it's not hard. All you have to do is it's a one element. You just grind it up. People are always like I've been fighting this fight for years. So people come to me with their excuses. They're like, I don't have time. How could you not? I've I've learned some about time, and I learned it by us not having a drive-through, and that is that we all have time. It's a matter of how we choose to allocate our time, and that's one of the reasons why I don't want to have a drive-through ever. Is we have time. It's a matter of where we choose to um, to uh, uh, emphasize what we're going to do during that time. Yeah, and, you see people all the time spending twenty minutes on the line for the drive-through. It's like that can't be that can't be the best use of time if you're the time pressed. I, mean, I, I agree, unless you're listening to WCCO in your car. Yeah, but. exactly. Then you should um, and you should record this uh, because it's pearls of wisdom, pearls of wisdom. But the people say they don't have time, and then they say uh, that they. Um, they don't want the cleanup. Okay, so there's this thing, the pour-over situation. Yeah. What do you call that little, like, it's a funnel that just sits on top of a cup of coffee? What is the name of that, like, a, that holds a cone, that can hold a, some kind of filter? Does that have a name? Well, the one the one that I use at home is called a Kalita, and it's a flat-bottom, um, uh, it, it's a 
Yeah, round. so just imagine there's like a like a ice cream cone shape, but it's sitting on a yeah. on a plate, and the, then there's a hole where and the ice cream cone is right on top of your mug, and, and it just it... sits on top of your coffee cup, and all you're yeah. doing is just putting the coffee in that thing. You can get a reusable mesh filter; oh, it can be gold, uh, and or you can use paper filters, and all you're doing is pouring the hot water over the ground coffee right above your cup. Like it's easy. It's easy. I made two this morning, and um, the key is. Controlling the variables. You have your hot water. Make sure you get it to the right temperature. You have your uh, grounds. Make sure that the coffee is being freshly ground. Um, And then you have your measurement. How much, you know, I generally do about 16 to 1 water to coffee. You can do 15 and a half to 1. So I use 20 grams of uh, coffee grounds and 300 grams of water. And I do it on a scale. And my coffee in the morning is exceptional and it takes... About two and a half minutes. I don't do it on a scale, but I have figured out that my that roughly a third of a cup is the amount that I need for my one cup French press, and so I just scoop and grind and go. And it's uh, and the results are and they're really good. That's yeah. delicious. That's how I like to do. But it is, uh, you know, and then I can get coffee for twelve bucks a pound or you know sixteen bucks a pound or whatever it is, and it's a tenth the price of. The coffee pod coffee and tastes better. Yep. It tastes exceptionally better. You find nuance. You find all kinds of fun things. And, uh, the um, again, the availability of excellent coffee um, most anywhere today is better than it's ever been. All right. I feel good about that. So you're coming to Edina. you got a yes. rough timeline. Yeah, Definitely. this fall. Oh, this um, fall. Yep. The Lifetime Fitness, I believe, is slated to open by the end of the year. Uh, we'd like to open before that, uh, so we've got some time before all the people come. Okay, um, they, people, they also have <clears throat> the most delicious cookies in the state, which Thank are these you. bittersweet chocolate cookies that I just adore. Um, I love your chocolate croissants, and I love that you make you make like a small cake. And so it's like if you're having a birthday party for a, a small, intimate birthday party, then I always just am grabbing a small cake. Yeah, we tend to do things um, that are less sweet and less large than most places that you'll find in the U.S., Um, and it's kind of the legacy and the tradition that Steve Horton, when he envisioned Rustica Bakery in 2004, we've held on to that. I know know Rustica so well. Is it? I haven't been in in a long time, which I'm sad about, but is it cherry clafooti season yet? uh, We we do not have a cherry clafooti. Oh, Um, soon. I I know. That'll be coming soon. (laughs) I know the seasonality of all the fruits and the Rustica case. All right. Well, Mr. Greg Horton, yes. thank you for coming in. So um, people get ready f- until the new one opens. Check out the Rustica in Calhoun Village. Uh, go to Dogwood. In the new one Square. in Northeast at Central and Broadway. Oh, that's right. Fabulous. We have kombucha on tap as well as great coffee. And the design is amazing. Ashley Mary did a mural. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful feel in there. All right. Well, thank you for coming and spending your Saturday with us. My pleasure. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, I think I'm going to have a minute or two for an Ask Me Anything. So you got anything, uh, text us. Dara here. All right. So I got a nice Facebook message from uh, Beth this week talking about how she wants to be the kind of person who has picnics, not the kind of person who's managed to pull off picnics. All right. Here's what I know about picnics, my friend. You just got to get all the gear. So this is what you're going to do. I want you to get a plastic tote. I want you to put in it, just go to the thrift store, 
get some plates, get some silverware, get some, you know, napkins, put it all in your tote, put a picnic blanket in there too. Now you have your picnic grab and go box. That's what you're going to do. And so you're just going to have this thing ready to roll. It's going to be in your garage. You're going to text all of your friends uh, some day, and you're going to be like, Thursday, we're all meeting at this park. I'm bringing my picnic tote. You're bringing other stuff. And as soon as you do it, you're going to be the kind of person that has picnics. Maybe you put a tablecloth in there, and then you put that on top of a park table. How nice is that? Okay, you get home at the end of the night. You just leave it on your porch or just stick it in the kitchen floor. Deal with it the next day. Clean everything up. Dry it. Put it back in the tote. Now you're a picnic person. Do it again. That's how you're going to roll. All right. Next week, Kevin Alexander, national food writer for Thrill List. He says restaurant scene is over. His new book is called Burn the Ice. We're going to talk about what I am going to do in the evenings now that restaurants are over. I don't know. Till then. May your dog survive fireworks season in style. And if not, maybe the two of you can discover important lost socks beneath the couch. Till then, I'll meet you here next week on Off the Menu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.